Hello and welcome to The Mock Review with Ben and Drew. I'm Ben Garmo. And I'm Drew Evans. Well, Drew, we have our second week of Oryx results, and we have officially chosen the 48 teams that are advancing to the 2021 AMTA National Championship Tournament. We have got so much to talk about. We've got four more Orcs to discuss. We've got an entire new case. We've got some new AMTA innovations, and I am so excited to be on the mics to break it down uh, with you and just to talk about everything that's happened since we last released an episode. Obviously, we should dive right into it in just a minute, but I know you and I have both been coaching a number of teams and working through a number of things, so how have things been going for you and your team since the last time we talked? Yeah, Ben, thanks for bringing that up. I think that this is kind of the time of the year where for most high school teams, they're kind of probably ending off their season, maybe one from each state's moving to nationals, but it's probably the end of the year for them, and it was for both of my two teams. I think I could not be more proud of how they both ended up doing uh, my Massachusetts team, Groton, uh, they ended up uh, in the Elite Eight of Massachusetts State Tournament, and the Galloway team uh, ended up in the uh, Sweet 16. Uh, that's where they ended at the Sweet 16 um, in the Georgia High School Mock Trial State Tournament. Um, again, I couldn't be more proud of both of them. They worked incredibly, incredibly hard. I will say briefly that I think, uh, I think that in Massachusetts, it was a little bit more frustrating due to the fact that it's single judge panels. And so I think that we were in a little bit of disagreement about the result of our last round that we lost. Um, I was a little bit surprised by the result. And I think that the, I, I don't think that it's, I think I'm struggling with it just because it's a single judge panel. And I think that other judges might've had a different perspective. That is the diplomatic way of saying what I'm trying to say. Um, but Either way, we had a great season. Couldn't be more proud of both of them. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and I'm just proud that we made it happen over Zoom. I still think that, that was a remarkable feat and that they should be incredibly, incredibly proud. But enough about high school. I'll throw it back to you, Ben. Um, I know there were a couple things you wanted to mention. Obviously, your team was just at Orcs, and we'll get to UMBC in a little bit. Um, but um, obviously, we've got a new Nationals case, um, and I know you have some other thoughts on some of the things that happened this weekend, so I'll, I'll throw it back to you. Yeah, just real quick. So first of all, and we're not going to really talk in any detail about the Nationals case, but uh, on Sunday night after the conclusion of the final Orcs weekend, we got our our hands on the Nationals case, which is Trey Westenmeyer v. Kieran Walton. Um, it's a civil case, obviously, because it's a civil year. Uh, AMTA hosted a short announcement video, and the person who actually announced uh, the case was friend of the pod, Amanda Mundell, who's on the case committee. Uh, and Amanda talked all about what this year's case is about. Like I mentioned, we're not going to go into detail on the case. I think we're going to probably try to discuss it in a future episode. And of course, you know, once we break down nationals, we'll have all kinds of things to talk about. But it's always exciting, no matter what, to get access to that nationals case. It's such a cool feeling, especially since we didn't get to do it last year. Right. Like, you know, we had that first week uh, where we got those five orcs done. My team was one of the teams that advanced and we were so excited to get that Nationals case and we didn't. And so this year, just to be able to have our hands on the Nationals case is really exciting. The other thing I wanted to point out before we launch into discussing these orcs is AMTA did something really cool this weekend. And I know sometimes like last episode, I had a couple things uh, that I wasn't super thrilled about. So I want to recognize AMTA for being innovative and creative. Uh AMTA made the decision this past weekend to stream several rounds from rounds three and four at Orcs. 
And that was so cool. I am so glad that they did that. I'm so glad that they made the decision to broadcast some of the incredible rounds that they did. Uh, when I was not watching my team, I had some of those rounds up in the background. They're still up on Amta's YouTube page, and I can't recommend highly enough going and watching them. Uh, it was so cool to just get to sit and watch some of the best teams in the country. A lot of the teams that were on those live streams advanced to nationals or almost advanced to nationals, some of the best teams in the country. And I just, you know, we talk about silver linings of doing virtual mock trial. And I think this is one of the rare things that actually fits into that category that we don't get to watch teams from around the country that often. Like we all go to different competitions. We play the teams we play, but to get to watch some of the best teams execute their cases and just see what they're doing. I thought it was fantastic. I really just want to credit uh, Brandon Harper and everyone else at AMTA who was involved in that decision. And I can't encourage people enough Go watch those trials. I don't know how long they're planning on keeping them up. I hope they're just going to keep them up indefinitely because I can tell you, I watched them and felt like I learned things about, oh, this is what this other team does. And I really like that or that character or that approach to virtual mock trial. And I thought it was really beneficial. So I don't know, Drew, if uh, you've had any chance to take a look at any of that stuff, but it was just something that Ampta did this past weekend that I thought was fantastic. Ben, I couldn't agree more. I, I think that it was just such a great idea to do it. Um, I, I will I will say that I think it's a little bit for me, I kind of wish they'd almost done it for week one. I, I get why they didn't, of course, because like you don't want teams stealing ideas. But I just I think that I could see an argument from a, a week two team kind of feeling like, okay, people are getting to see maybe my style and I don't get a chance to see their style. Like maybe the, the solution could have been if they had recorded all of the week one rounds and then like posted all of them together. Um, once they're done that way, all of them are available to everyone, but I, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm, I'm kind of trying to find a problem with it. At the end of the day, I'm glad that Amped live streamed those rounds. I think it was a great idea. You know, we've talked a lot about it. You know, why weren't they doing it sooner, but I'm glad they finally did it. I'm glad they did it for rounds three and four. Those were some phenomenal, phenomenal rounds. And I'm glad they're still up. If you are listening to this right now, I, I'm hopeful that they are still up. Please stop listening. Go and go and watch some of those rounds. Whoa, 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 whoa. Finish listening well, to finish. the podcast. Well, well, and then can pause. Go. <laughs> they can pause. They can pause and come back later. All right, I guess. <laughs> but seriously, it is a great opportunity. Go and watch some great mock trial. Um, I don't know how often stuff like this is going to happen. I hope it becomes a new norm, but I'm just I'm glad that Amto is doing this for sure. Yeah, I, and I think you make a fair point. Like as as a week two team, we we weren't one of the teams that were live streamed, but I, I could see someone maybe having some concerns about that. But you know, I wonder if this is something. I remember having a discussion with a current Amta board member last year about um, the possibility that maybe they might ask us for one of our rounds of film at Orcs because they've talked in the past. I believe this is not some like insider information, but I believe they've talked about releasing film from high-end orcs rounds because you know people can order the nationals dvd but it's not the case that you know 85 percent, 90 percent of the country uh prepared and, and tried all year so i wonder if this is something where they will uh you know consider doing stuff like that in the future when we're back in person obviously live streaming when we're back in person would be really hard but asking right. teams for their film and releasing that film uh you know just so that everyone can see last year's case or or, or uh, an in-person case tried at a high level, I think would be really cool. Um, and beyond that, Drew, that's basically all of my thoughts. And unless you have anything, I would suggest we dive right into our first orcs. 
I absolutely agree. I, I hope that AMTA lowers some of the, the rules they have on their, their IP with the case. And I hope that they allow teams to either AMTA does it or they allow teams to publicize some of their film. I know it was really helpful for us um, finding bootlegged film um, or asking around for it. And I know that not all teams have that same opportunity. So I hope that AMTA does make it readily available to everyone. But with that, Ben, I'll, I'll turn it over to you. Let's start with 2A. All right. That sounds good. So Orcs 2A, like all Orcs, was a six-bid tournament. It took place at the Midland Civic Center, which, unlike some of the other places, seems like maybe a decent yeah, place. Co- that could work. <laughs> Lots of space, closing ceremonies, probably in a ballroom. Seems like it could work pretty well. <laughs> uh, so our six teams in order. We had Duke A with 10 wins and a 30 CS. Yale A with 10 wins and a 27 CS. Berkeley A, 10 wins and a 22 and a half CS. Chicago B, 10 wins and a 20 CS. Patrick Henry B, eight wins and 24 and a half CS, and Georgetown A with eight wins and a 20 CS. So the first thing that jumps out to me here is just, you've got this cluster of teams at 10 wins. Nobody managed to climb above 10 wins, which given the caliber of teams that I just read off, it's not surprising. A lot of those teams had to play each other in those high, high rounds in round three. And I know they took ballots from each other, and I'm sure that contributed to having that log jam at 10 wins. Uh, We'll talk about the teams that got through in just a second because there's a lot of pretty amazing teams. But I did think it was notable here that Georgia A didn't get through. They're a very, very good team. Uh, And as we'll discuss a little later, their B team just missed out as well. So they're not going to be at Nationals. Uh, We also noticed the other A group team that didn't get out was Furman A. So we had two teams from the A group who didn't get out. Um, We had some very impressive performances here, though, starting with Duke A. 10 wins and a 30 CS, which is about as high as you'll see with mm-hmm. this new pairing system. So so that's intense. And they they had a very high point differential. Um, and what I thought was most interesting is they took two out of three from Berkeley in round three. And that's, I mean, those are two teams. If you had to say like top 10, top 15 teams this year, I think you'd, pull, you'd put them both in that category. And so that's certainly interesting to see that Duke managed to get the better of Berkeley. Uh, the other teams advancing, you know, we, we've discussed Yale a fair amount. I know they, like, they seem to struggle at regionals and then crush it at Orcs every year. And this year is no different. Uh, you know, 10 wins. They comfortably swept Georgia in round three, which, you know, pretty much ended Georgia's season and got Yale through. Um, and then just taking a note of two B teams here, uh, Chicago B and Patrick Henry B. You know, those two teams are such strong programs. I think you would kind of assume that their B teams get through a lot, but they really don't. Um, I think for Patrick Henry, this is one of the first times their B team has gotten through. Um, And for Chicago B, I think it's the first time in a little while. And that just really shows the strength of those two programs, what they've been able to do. The last thing that I'll mention is, is the last team that got out here, which is Georgetown A. I think this is the third year in a row for them. They're an excellent program that had a lot of success this year. Uh, you know, we play them all the time uh, during in-person seasons, so I'm not surprised to see them continue to do well. Uh, Drew, what do you think about this one? Ben, I, I couldn't agree more with what you said. I really think that Duke is putting on a clinic here. They did have two close, close losses uh, by one point to the uh, Chicago, and then by three points to UC Berkeley. Again, they won the other two ballots in those two rounds. And uh, again, I mean, this is a strong showing from them. I mean, we talked about the fact that a 30 CS, that they were, those are good teams. Those yeah. are two teams that they were the only two losses they had. Chicago didn't have any other losses outside of that. Berkeley didn't have any other losses outside of that. 
it was just them. And, and I get the Chicago B, but again, I mean, it's a good, good program. Um, just a really, really impressive showing out of Duke. I think similarly, you know, you mentioned Yale. I'm not going to talk about Yale a lot, so I don't get any accusations, but Yale, you know, only lost by one and by six, really strong. At this point, we've now talked about all four of the teams that had 10 wins. I, I still am dumbfounded by that. I mean, 10, four teams with 10 wins is, is pretty crazy. You got to yeah. think if you're you Chicago, um, going into that last round, nine and oh, you know, you got to be expecting more than fourth place, right? I mean, like that's a, <laughs> Uh, almost a disappointment out of that, but obviously a great job by them and, and a strong showing. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Patrick Henry. I think that, you know, they're, they're one of the few programs that their B team making it through. I'm kind of like, yep, you know, they're just, they're, they're really good. Um, I know it has been a while since their B team has made it through to nationals, but it's, it's definitely not a huge surprise to me to see them there. And then, yeah, you mentioned Georgetown. They, they did have a, a very strong showing and Georgetown's become a very consistent nationals performer at this point. Um, I think that for the most part, you you kind of covered it at this point. I will just mention that Tufts B, uh, look, I think Tufts has had such an amazing, outstanding year as a program. And and you look at, I mean, they, they had a tie. If that tie turns into a win, um, they're going to squeak it out on CS and they're going to make it. So that's like one point here or there. And all of a sudden they've got another team through. Um, but look, they, they should be very proud of how they did. They had a very strong showing. Um, the only round they, they really truly lost was against uh, Yale, and they, they managed to take a ballot off of Yale, which obviously was you know, not something easy. Many teams weren't able to do that. Um, so I think Tufts had a very strong showing here as well, especially from a B team. But other than that, I think that you've mostly covered it, Ben. Um, I think this is mostly scratch. I don't think there were any true like shocks here. Um, you know, You mentioned UGA, but I think that's mostly it. If you're good to move on, I am. I'll just mention uh, two other teams real quick. So we did have two what I thought were noteworthy teams in the B group that didn't get through. So Baylor A, who was B1, mm-hmm. uh, didn't get mm-hmm. through, which I think was a little bit of a surprise. They've been very strong. Uh, and then I think it's at least noteworthy to mention that this was NYU's last shot to get a team through. Mm-hmm. And their B team did fairly well, but but weren't able to get a bid. Um, and so, you know, it's just surprising not to see NYU at nationals, especially yeah. given I remember us recording an episode, you know, a little while ago where we talked about how NYU was kind of proving that they were putting themselves back on the radar, I think probably mm-hmm. with their performance at regionals. And so definitely a bit of a surprise, not necessarily a surprise to see their B team not get through. Uh, Cause I think it was mostly their A team that was having uh, a lot of the success, but just to see that they're not going to be at nationals. Um, and then I'll echo what you said about Chicago B. I mean, that's the the Chicago B team that we played at regionals. They're stellar. It does not mm-hmm. surprise me at all that they had the success that they did. Uh, so I think, I mean, all of the orcs were difficult this year, but I can tell you, I mean, we had a very difficult orcs. Looking at this and seeing Duke, Yale, Berkeley, Chicago, Patrick Henry, Georgetown, I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm cool. I wasn't there. Not, <laughs> not that the teams at our orcs were bad either, but like, woof. That's just that's a lineup of teams that have been good and have been good this year, um, and and I it's not surprising at all to me to see the results there. That's all I've got, and and I think Drew, you can move us on to two B. Let's go to two B. So orcs two B again a six bid uh, orcs, and this was at the Blitz News Network, which I was thinking about like that would be a cool place to hold uh, an orcs. I mean, you'd have like you know people on the different newscaster stands you got someone in the weather seat that could be the witness you know <laughs> anyway thought that'd be a cool place to hold norks um but in order we have cornell a with 10 and a half wins and a 23 cs 
followed by UCLA B with nine and a half wins and a 23 CS. Then Fordham Lincoln Center B with nine and a half wins and a 20 and a half CS, followed by William and Mary A with nine wins and a 25 CS. Then University of South Carolina A with eight and a half wins and a 28 CS. And finally, Emory B with eight wins and a 26 CS. We did also have an honorable mention here in Michigan A with eight wins and a 20 and a half CS. Now, I think that this is probably the most surprising regional or orcs, sorry, the most surprising orcs that we've had yet, or, or sorry, this week. Um, and I think that it's mostly because of the A teams that didn't make it out. Uh, you got Stanford A, the A2 team, Michigan A, which was our honorable mention, an A3 team, and then Indiana A, which was our A4. I think Stanford and Michigan are both phenomenal. Indiana is also a very, very solid team, but I think particularly Stanford and Michigan to me, I, I just I expect those teams to make it through. Luckily, as we will talk about, uh, both their B teams either already have or, or we will talk about them later making it through. So both of those teams will be represented at nationals. Um, but I, I do think that obviously you expect if a team's B team is making it through, their A is also. Um, that being said, I think it is important to note that part of why this happened is because they faced each other and kind of you know, kind of knocked each other out to a certain extent. Um, you've got, again, Stanford versus Michigan in round three, and that goes plus 17, plus eight, minus five in favor of Stanford. Um, but, you know, after that, Stanford, looking in good spot, faces a absolute buzzsaw in the form of Yale and drops all three. That was Yale B uh, and drops all three um, to, to not make it out. And I will note, I mean, look, Yale for all their struggles, that Yale BB1 team is a strong team. I mean, the fact that they swept Stanford that last round, they are no joke. Um, they obviously also didn't make it out. And I think that is at least a little bit surprising just considering how strong they are. Um, again, uh, for Michigan University or University of Michigan, um, theirs came down to the, those two losses against Stanford and then just a dropped ballot in round two and then another in round four um, in some close, close rounds where, you know, picked up two, dropped one, uh, you know, it, it's just close. And it, it just goes to show what a difference it makes when you have three ballots versus just having two um, and the difference that would make on some of these results. But I, I, I think that for the most part, these are a lot of the teams I was expecting to make it through. I mean, if I just read to you Cornell, UCLA, Fordham, Lincoln Center, William Mary, South Carolina, Emory, those are all strong, strong programs. Uh, the fact that we had three B teams making it through in UCLA, Lincoln Center, and Emory, definitely worth noting. I mean, those are strong, strong B teams and good on them for making it through. Uh, Lincoln Center specifically, that B team is from the C group. They were C4, and they're our only C or D group team to make it through this entire weekend. Um, so I think that's definitely something worth noting and talking about. Um, and good on them for for doing that. It's, it's obviously tough as a lower-ranked team. Um, and I'll just lastly point out Cornell A. I mean, I think that there's been a lot of question marks around Cornell as a program. Um, you know, they obviously weren't competing at all last year, or even before the uh, pandemic. And there were a lot of question marks around, like, how, how are they going to put it back together? And they showed us just how they swept their A and B matches. Um, they had Indiana and they swept Indiana. And then they faced 
uh, UC Irvine um, and swept Irvine. Um, that's Irvine B. But I, again, I mean, that's those are good teams that they are just sweeping. And good on Cornell for showing back up and, and making it look good. Um, they did have a, a tough round two that was really close, plus three, minus one, and zero. And that was against Michigan State University. Um, but that was the only balance that Cornell uh, lost that whole whole Oryx weekend. So definitely a strong, strong showing out of them. But other than that, Ben, I'll, I'll throw it back to you. Are, are you noticing anything else you wanted to mention? Not a lot. Um, I will briefly mention we had one other C group team that got out this weekend, which was Patrick Henry B. Oh, they were right. C one. Right, right. So they were barely sure, in the C group. Sure. But uh, I think uh, Lincoln Center B, I mean, that's, I'll say this, that's not surprising to me at all. I believe from uh, seeing their social media, it's the first time their B team has ever mm-hmm. gotten through. And last year, it was completely stunning that their a team didn't get through in lancaster Mm -hmm. and we had played their b team at an invitational just a couple weeks before that i think like it was like hilltop or something like that Mm. and uh their even their b team was was stellar so to see their b team get through is not a surprise at all um i'll also mention emory b getting through emory is one of those teams that you know like they're just consistently excellent i thought that was noteworthy uh in part because if I recall correctly, last year, I think they only got one team to Orcs. Mm-hmm. And so clearly they really stepped up. You know, we scrimmaged their A team a couple weeks ago and their A team was stellar. So I'm not surprised at all to see their B team uh, stepping up as well. I watched a little bit of one of the live streaming rounds involving South Carolina. And man, they are so much fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, I was texting with one of their coaches and uh, they're just fun. They play like a really loose and interesting style. They have super likable witnesses from top to bottom uh, names that you've probably seen on awards lists many times <laughs> over. And I had a blast watching them go same for William and Mary. Uh, I believe if I recall correctly, yeah, William and Mary and South Carolina, I think played each other yes, um, they did. round four, and, right? Even. Round four. And I think they needed, they both basically needed a win and a half to get out mm-hmm. and they managed to have a true split so that they both, <laughs> got out i think they might have if it had gone slightly differently but bottom line is those teams are fun right like there are some great great teams that i don't know if i'd always describe as fun um and i and i think those teams are fun to watch and i had a blast uh watching the live stream uh and then i, I will echo what you were saying about cornell uh we'll get to this when we get to to our orcs but we played cornell's b team who was excellent and i mean i think cornell clearly set out to send a message this weekend that hey mm-hmm. like yeah, we didn't compete last year. Some people, you know, maybe some people who run a podcast, you know, <laughs> speculated about whether or not we really belong in the A group. Well, nobody won more ballots this weekend than Cornell did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were the only team to win more than 10 ballots this weekend. So that shows us that, you know, Cornell belongs probably right where they are. And that's a very impressive showing. Uh, you already talked about Stanford, Michigan and Indiana. So I won't, you know, go over that again. Just I certainly agree with you about each of those Michigan, of course, just barely missing out on that spot and Stanford just having that tough round four draw. Uh, but those are really the only surprises here. Uh, I think, you know, you'd already talked about Yale B. We also talked a little bit about UCLA B. Um, they're just so good. They had a, a round three split with South Carolina and around and that I imagine was, was probably fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. And and I will say as my very last thought here is I'll be fascinated to see this year how some of these B teams do at nationals. Because we always have a B team or two 
that does really well in their division at mm-hmm. nationals. And I think a team like Lincoln Center B or Emory B uh, or certainly UCLA B could have the potential to make a little bit of a run when everything is a little bit more equal this year and it's a little bit harder to get that separation and to differentiate yourself. I wonder if it's the year where we could see a B team, you know, maybe in the top three or four in their division. You know, the the last thing that I'll, I'll mention really quickly about this orc, I think this may be the most ties that I've seen in an orcs in a long time. I feel like Carolina had three ties. William and Mary had two. Uh, Wash U St. Louis had three. Um, Nebraska had two. Emory had two. Uh, it's just a, a lot of ties. I mean, yeah. I'm just, I'm struck. I was looking over the tabs and I was like, wow, like that's a lot. I mean, and the reason why I bring that up is just, if you think about for a team like South Carolina, who obviously made it through with, again, three ties, one point either way is the difference in their record being seven and five and them not making it through and not even really being in the conversation or 10 and two and us being like, whoa, South Carolina, 10 <laughs> wins. You know what I mean? I just think it's kind yeah. of interesting um, when you have three ties, what that means. I mean, again, glad they made it through, but just definitely is interesting to me how close a lot of these rounds seem to be. Yeah, I think that's a really, really great point. And, and I'll just add to that. I mean, when we get to our orcs, you know, we had a, a tie in a round that was very, very crucial. And that flips one way or the other, and it could have changed a lot of things about our weekend. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know, it, I don't know if it's connected to virtual mock trial. I don't know if it's case specific. I, I really don't have a great explanation, but I completely agree with you. And I imagine for some of those teams looking at those tied results, it's just, it must be really tough to know mm-hmm. how, you know, your season ends on something so, so close. Uh, well, Ben, I think that we should just go ahead and move right along to 2C if you want to go ahead. All right, that sounds good. So let's go ahead and go to our second set of orcs, and we're going to go to orcs 2C. Orcs 2C took place uh, at Trifecta Entertainment. And I believe this was the Orcs that was technically hosted by UCLA. So I am willing to bet that that uh, venue choice was not an accident because (laughs) the 2017 Nationals, which was hosted by UCLA, was the year where the case was Taylor v. Trifecta. Uh, So I'm guessing that maybe there was some sort of connection (laughs) there. Uh, So our bid teams in order, we had Chicago A with 10 wins and a 25 and a half CS. Penn State A with 10 wins and a 21 and a half CS. Northwood A, nine wins and a 24 and a half CS. UC Irvine A, nine wins and a 21 and a half CS. Emory A, eight and a half wins and a 26 and a half CS. And Iowa A with eight wins and a 27 and a half CS. We also had three honorable mentions here. We had Rutgers A with eight wins and a 24 and a half CS. Dickinson A with eight wins and a 23 and a half CS. And UMass Amherst B with eight wins and a 19 CS. So this was easily the most chalk heavy regional uh, chalk heavy orcs that we've seen so far. Five of the six teams that got through were a group teams. The sixth group team that got through Iowa is a B group team, but really in name only. They got two teams through last year before nationals was canceled. And I think are probably as good as a lot of the A group teams. The only A group team who did not get through was Rutgers. Um, And just a couple of noteworthy results here. I'll talk about Northwood first because of just how tough of a path they had to get here uh, with just the brutality of what happened to them at regionals. They squeak in off the open bid list. as one of the last teams to get through. And then look at that. 
they get a nationals bid. Um, I'll always sort of be partial to those types of stories because the first year we got to to orgs or to nationals back in 2017, our B team got an earned bid, our A team faced some crazy judging and got an open bid and then got through to nationals. And I always think that's really fun to see. Um, beyond that, I mean, there's some just incredible A teams here. Like Chicago A, you know, takes the first bid out, Penn State right behind them, Irvine, Emory. You know, I mean, these are great A-group teams continuing to do what great A-group teams do. Uh, I definitely feel for Rutgers. They're such a great team. I know that they've been so good for the last couple of years. They got through in Lancaster last year and, of course, didn't get to go to Nationals and to fall so, so, so close. Uh, and to have a record that would have gotten them through at some other orcs mm-hmm. is definitely very difficult. Um and then this, the rest of this was just a lot of good teams kind of beating each other up. Uh, definitely worth noting Dickinson, uh, a team that has very much been on the rise. And to see them, you know, I mean, eight wins means you're, you're inches and inches away from breaking through to nationals, which is not surprising to me at all to see that given just the level of success that they've had uh, over the last couple of years, which is a really cool thing to see. They're, they're a team we face often. Uh, when we're in person, and I know they've been really building something strong there. And then my last thought, Drew, before I turn it over to you, is we'll talk about UMass Amherst A in our last orcs, because we played them, and I have some thoughts about that. But UMass Amherst B uh, also had a very, very strong performance here. Their CS was lower, but they also had eight wins, so they were very close to getting a Nationals bid. And I think the results, even though they didn't end up getting a team to nationals, that program showed us this weekend at Orcs that their success that they've been having is certainly not a fluke and that they're a team no one should expect to go anywhere anytime soon. That's everything I have right now, Drew. Uh, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I think that you covered a lot of it. I think, look, again, this is about as chalk as it comes when you've got A1 through 5 all making it out, and then A6 is your first honorable mention, three CS points away from being the sixth bid. Um, and to your point, then, the sixth bid going to a team like Iowa A that is you know, about as strong as a B group team can come. Um, this is really what we would expect. I do want to talk a little more about Dickinson and Amherst. Both of them completely swept their C and D group opponents. And I think that that, to me, is very emblematic of teams where I say, okay, you know, this team probably doesn't belong as a C or D group team. They're clearly a step above most of the other C group teams, and they're sweeping them confidently. And then it's just those A and B group rounds that are a little bit tougher. And I'm glad that this system is going to reward teams like that, that they're probably going to be a B group team next year. Um, Getting eight wins at Orcs is probably going to do that for you. And I think that's where they probably belong. So I think that that's really cool. I also just want to come back to uh, the fact that this was just all A-teams practically. Um, I think that for the most part, we see a lot of these strong B-teams coming out. Um, but sometimes it's nice to just let the top just battle it out. Um, you, know, you mentioned all of them, but I mean, it's it's kind of cool to look at the results and be like, well, A, 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 A. It's just it's a lot of really strong teams, a lot of really strong programs uh, just doing what they do. I don't think that there was a whole lot to talk about here just because it's kind of like, okay, good teams did good things. Like, that's what we expect from them. They kind of did what we expected them to do. Um, there weren't any, like, truly shocking CSs. Um, you know, you had the only – we had one that was over 30 in Missouri, but to be fair, they went 0-12, so that's going to boost your CS a little bit. Um, 
but for the most part, I mean, it, it's it's just kind of what we would expect. I'm I, I'm glad you mentioned Northwood. Look, I'm I'm so glad that they are they're moving on to nationals. It was so heartbreaking to hear um, that they maybe weren't going to make it through to Orcs. And I will say that I mean, it's interesting. They were eight and one going to their round four, and they had McAllister and had a a minus three minus thirteen plus one. Um, so a really close last round, and that plus one was just enough to nudge them over the edge and get them to nine and three and qualify through because their their CS at, at eight and four um, wouldn't have been enough to surpass. Actually, sorry, it would have been right tied with Rutgers, um, but because they would have that one extra point from their opponent and McAllister having another win, um, then McAllister would have effectively uh, given them a bonus CS point, so they would have gotten a twenty five and a half, and they would have still made it. Um, which would have been kind of interesting because well, no, because Iowa was the last team and they were at twenty seven and a half, so they still would have been short, right? But then Northwood has moved down. Oh, right, 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 right. right? Okay, yeah, right, yeah. So it, they would have still squeaked that out. And what would have been fascinating would have been then McAllister would have been at eight and four with a twenty five CS and just one oh, half geez, of a yeah. ballot away. So that would have been kind of a funny result to have happen. But point being, Northwood, I'm so glad to see they're back. I will say from people that watch them and from what I've heard about them, they have struck a very divisive style this year where people kind of love them or hate them. And I think that punished them at regionals and was a re- and was rewarded then at Orcs. Uh, so I'm glad to see they're moving on. They're such a fun team to watch. And unsurprisingly, Simeon Lawrence picked up another award. He is just a truly electric witness to watch. Um, but other than that, I think that we're, you know, we're mostly covering it. I don't want to talk about the same teams over and over again. Um, but yeah, I mean, Chicago, eh? They're, they're pretty good. I, I've heard pretty good things. Um, Penn State, you know, wow. It's really, really strong out of them. Uh, Emory, they're really, really good too. So I, I'm just, it, I think this was a regional where I don't have a lot to say just because I, I think a lot of good teams went here and a lot of good teams made it out. Yeah, I'll just echo one or two things really quick. In in tournaments like this where it's like almost all A-group teams, it is kind of fun to look at the A versus A results. So, for example, in round three, uh, 6-0 and Chicago played 6-0 and Irvine, and Chicago took two out of three there. Um, it was a close round. It was a plus seven, plus two, minus six for Chicago. Um, and it it's just kind of, you know, we've talked about this before in past years when we're doing these Orcs uh review episodes we're talking you know looking forward to nationals that you start to think okay which teams are the threats to be able to move through at nationals i don't know this for sure but i'm guessing we're going to have more than three ballots in every round at nationals given that it's just you know we don't have to recruit as many judges um and so teams like chicago that are just consistently showing an ability to beat good teams that they went 10 and 2 and they lost one ballot to Irvine in round three, and then one ballot to Iowa in round four, both teams that got through. That's certainly very impressive for uh, of a showing for them. And then Penn State, uh, 1562, their round three was against um, Emory, uh, and that was just so, so, so close. Penn State uh, went plus two, plus one, minus five, uh, and both of those teams ended up getting through. And that to me, I think is maybe my last observation here is you didn't see with the exception of Northwood and Rutgers, there weren't any sweeps in the A group rounds. And I think that's a big reason similar to Lancaster last year, where my team was, where there was a lot of four and O A group teams that split with each other in round three, when there were two ballots, um, if nobody sweeps each other in the A group rounds, then it puts the A group teams in position to be able to move on. 
um, which is, I think, why you ended up seeing five of the six of them get through, that they all had pretty much unblemished records coming in. And then, yeah, if you pick up two losses, that's not great. But as long as you go take care of business in round four, you're through. Um, And that, to me, is like, you know, how this new pairing system is supposed to work. If the A group teams sweep, you know, their B, C, and D rounds and then split with each other in their A rounds, they should all get through. And they did. And I think that's perfectly reasonable here. And I think some of these teams, you know, I mean, all of these teams, candidly, could be threats to make a run at nationals. They're all incredibly talented. And you had the 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 last observation I'll make about that is pretty significant geographical diversity here in a way that you wouldn't normally see at Orcs. That like when your first four teams are Chicago, Penn State, Northwood, and Irvine, and then you toss mm-hmm. Iowa in the mix, you know, like that's a fun wrinkle in all of this and really just sets us up for what i think is going to be a great nationals and that's all i have here drew so if you want to move to our last one i say go for it all righty well we have orcs 2d and this took was take took place at the tunnel of terror which uh gotta say is gonna be an interesting place to hold an orcs um definitely a fun place but i don't know how well that'll function um but uh we have our six teams in florida state a with 10 wins and a 27 and a half cs followed by OSUA with 8.5 wins and a 24.5 CS, and then Benzone UMBCA with 8.5 wins with 23.5 CS, and then Patrick Henry A at 8.5 wins and a 22 CS, followed by UCSBA with 8 wins and a 27 CS, and finally Michigan B with 8 wins and a 26.5 CS. Um, so Ben, obviously this was the the orcs that you were at um, and you watched. So I'll throw it to you in a second, but quickly um, the two teams that didn't make it out out of the a group were Cornell B are a four team and then Northwestern B are a six team. And I think that in the grand scheme of things, that is not even that terribly surprising to me. Um, we talked about Cornell B probably, you know, just not being where Cornell B was two years ago when they had that type of power ranking. Um, I don't know that they were necessarily an A group team, and I think that their results, they were three, six, and three. You know, take of that what you will. Um, Northwestern B, on the other hand, um, I do think that it was a bit surprising to not see them make it through. They're really, really strong. They just had a couple of tight, close, close rounds, and it just was enough for them to not quite make it out uh, at a very impressive seven and a half record. Um, I should mention that we had three honorable mention teams, and I apologize for not mentioning them earlier, but we had Georgia B at eight wins and a 23 CS, Arizona State A with eight wins and a 22 and a half CS, and then Georgetown B with eight wins and a 21 and a half CS. So this is another one where eight wins was not really enough to make it out, um, and you know you had five teams with eight wins, and only two of them got to move on. So uh, it really came down to the CS for UCSB, Santa Barbara, and Michigan making it through on those high CSs, whereas Georgia, Arizona State, and Georgetown having lower CSs did not. Um, so again, Cornell and Northwestern didn't make it. I think the teams that did, though, uh, that's pretty much what I would expect. The two non-A teams that made it were Florida State A, which, again, we've talked about Florida State. I do not think they belonged as a B team. They were really, really strong, and they showed it coming in first out of this Orcs at 10 wins, and it was convincing win- wins. They really... They did not have an easy schedule. They had a high CS in 27 and a half. Um, their first round is against Amherst. That is a brutal, brutal uh, B versus C group pairing. Um, I mean, Amherst probably did not. This is Amherst A now, um, and they probably did not belong as a, a uh, 
C group team and Florida State sweeps them. Um, their their uh, B versus A group match. Um, they've got a, a tough opponent in in Ohio State, but they managed to take two. Their B group opponent was uh, was Michigan, who they took uh, again. They took two off of, and those are two teams that are moving on to nationals. So really, really impressive out of Florida, out of Florida State. Um, Michigan, look, we talked about the fact that Michigan A didn't make it, um, and it's great to see that Michigan B will make it, so that there will be a team from Michigan represented. Um, unfortunate on the alternative that Georgia, kind of a similar boat, but just with a slightly lower CS, means that Georgia will not be represented at nationals. Um, and that, that's definitely, you know, it's super frustrating, super sad to see that both Georgia teams were honorable mentions and so, so close to making it. Um, or not honorable mention, but both teams were very, very close. Um, Georgia A was at seven wins. But um, just seeing how close they were to not make it definitely is, is upsetting. But glad the Michigan will be represented at or at Nationals. So I think that's enough from me. Ben, you were there. Let's hear from you. What was the experience like for UMBC? How did you guys do? How did you feel about it? Who would you face? Yeah, so I want to start by talking about Amherst. Um, so, you know, we had sort of previewed uh when we were talking after regionals just how much of a threat from the C group Amherst was going to be so round 1 they just get the buzzsaw in Florida State get the worst possible B group draw and Florida State takes those three ballots um and then uh we dropped a ballot in round 1 to our D group team and so we were at the bottom of the A group rankings for round 2 and then so was Amherst because they got swept we ended up playing Amherst knowing that I think both teams knew like you lose this round. That's probably it. And we managed to grab two ballots uh, in that round. That Amherst team was a nationals caliber team. They were stellar. They, uh, I just thought they were spectacular. Like really I did. I thought that like, you know, it's, it's always tough when you end around and you're like, man, I really don't know if we won those ballots. Uh, and I will say one thing, I don't usually get into this much specificity about ballots and stuff, but so the Amherst round, uh, I think we had a plus seven, a plus two and a minus two, the plus two for UMBC was a one thirty eight to one thirty six ballot. So largely a meaningless ballot. And I just feel for them because I've been on the other side of ballots like that. I'm sure all of us have where it's obvious that the judge just like, didn't really try to participate in this activity and like just I don't know if they're paying attention or not but like just made no effort to follow the guidelines that we tell them to and I'm not blaming anyone but to have that happen at Orcs in such a crucial round just must suck for Amherst and I felt terrible for them because I thought I believe that Amherst A is a fairly senior heavy team and Mm -hmm. I would have really loved to see how that team could do at Nationals and to go one and five on day one and pretty much know that's it that's just tough and I just, I really feel for them and wish that things had gone differently. Given how successful Amherst B was this year, you have to think that they're still going to be a force to be reckoned with. But I really wanted to shout out that team who I thought was pretty spectacular. I also want to talk briefly about Georgia B. Uh, that was our round four opponent where they were seven and two. We were six, two and one uh, or they were, yeah, seven and two. And, and we were uh, six, two and one going into that round. And we both knew we probably needed two ballots to get through and we managed to pick up two narrow ballots. That was a good team. Uh, charismatic, likable, uh, made some really clever objections, really pushed us to our limits and really, you know, forced my team to just fight for their lives, knowing that a nationals bid 
was on the line. Um, Georgia's such a good team and a good program and a nationals caliber program. And it just goes to show you this year how tough when you think like, you know, coming from the South, we're not going to have Georgia or Rhodes at nationals mm-hmm. this year. Like that's pretty remarkable. Uh, last couple things that I'll mention, um, you know, we didn't really talk much about Ohio state, uh, but Ohio state had a very strong performance, even, you know, as we've talked about, maybe they're not quite as deep as they have been. Um, you know, they got through with, with relative comfort, getting that second bid out. Same for Patrick Henry, who had a very strong weekend as well as UC Santa Barbara. Um, and yeah, Florida state, I watched a little bit of one of the rounds that was live streamed. Damn, they're really good. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they're, they're likable. They're interesting. They're smart. They're tough. Like I was just really impressed watching, uh, some of the live stream there. Um, and not surprised at all to see them get the first bid out. Uh, that's about everything. I guess the last thing that I'll mention is our AA round ended up being against Cornell B. And, you know, I think like the folks at Cornell, like, I think they all understand when I say this, like, I think it's probably true that maybe that it wasn't like up to like Florida state was a better team than Cornell, uh, Cornell B. And I don't think that anyone at Cornell B should take that as an insult. Uh, you know, when I say that it's just sort of, you can see from the objective results that that's true, but that was a good team. I was impressed with that Cornell B team, which I know is very young. I believe it's a lot of like freshmen and, and younger people. Um, and I, th- I thought they were good. Like I thought they were, they were sharp. I thought they made like strong arguments. There's some very charismatic people on that team who I think are going to grow into, you know, like really, you know, people who could be a force on the circuit for years to come. So, you know, that was not a gimme round for us by any stretch of the imagination. And I think Cornell, you know, after not competing last year is a team that's going to be threatening to break two teams to nationals again, you know, for years to come. We'll see how their A team does. But I thought that their B team had a lot of really smart, talented advocates. So, yeah, I obviously I guess the last thing about this orcs that I will talk about is I'm very proud of my team. Uh, you know, this is the third year in a row and the fourth time in five years that we've got through. Uh, I was just it was it was a brutal weekend. We you know, it was very narrow at the end with that round against Georgia. You know, we were, you know, on pins and needles in, in the award ceremony. Uh, I want to talk about one of my students real quick. Uh, so, you know, Sydney, of course, got double awards because, you know, she's just very good. Uh, but I possibly after getting our bid was most excited for Thomas Kylie, who's our other senior on a team. He's been on a team all four years. He has been our double expert for four years. He's won many individual awards at different tournaments, often gets knocked out by other great witnesses. And finally, after four years, he won an AMTO award this weekend. He got an all-national. Um, and he's just, he's amazing. He's an incredible expert. He's one of our team captains. He's been our treasurer for three years in a row. Um, and I'm going to miss him like hell when when he leaves and heads off to law school. He's so talented. He could be a great attorney. He's just like one of the best experts in the country. And I would never move him off of those roles, no matter what. And it's such a cool feeling as a coach. When you know that someone has deserved something and they've just missed it year after year to see them get rewarded with that Mm -hmm. their senior year. And I know there are other coaches and other students out there who understand that feeling. And I'm just I'm still on cloud nine for him because he deserves it. He works so hard. And like I was just like sitting in my house screaming my head off. Um, I knew he was getting the award because he got it in rounds one and three. And oh, man, I was just so excited for him. And that was just such a cool moment. So. I am super excited to be headed to nationals 
And I think this year's nationals is just going to be a barn burner. I think it's going to be top notch from top to bottom with great competition. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, Drew, I think we're going to have a lot to talk about because we're going to have nationals results for the first time in two years. We're going to have nationals results. Hopefully (laughs) the winner we crown this year will stay that way. And (laughs) I just, and I don't mean that as a shot. I just like, we haven't like had a true national champion in almost three years at this point and we're getting so close and I can't wait. I couldn't agree more. I think that as excited as I was for orcs and as excited as I am really to look at these results now and and try to extrapolate what that might mean about regionals and the way we distribute bids in the future. I mean, nationals is where it really all comes down, where it all comes together. And I'm excited to see who can, can come out on top this year. Uh, I've got, you know, a couple teams in mind that I'm expecting to do really well. um, Just seeing as how, powerful they've been um i gotta say that it's just i think that it is interesting to me because i think the zoom format makes this year unique obviously and different from any other year and i i i really think that there are a couple of programs and you can see from their results that they have just dominated this type of format um i'm i'm not even going to show it i think that duke to me is my team to watch right now. They are the team that I think if you don't have them on your possible final round contenders, you're crazy. They just kicked butt with both their A and B team. Both of them were the top out of their orcs. And this is a program that is now coached by the basically pioneers of Zoom mock trial in Eric Reutemann, uh, and, and the rest of that amazing coaching squad over at Duke. Sonali Meta is still coaching over there. She's helping out. I mean, I think there's a reason they're doing so well. And I just wanted to say how excited I am to see how they end up doing at Nationals because what what a legacy it would be through Zoom mock trial to have won trial by combat, to have uh, won the, the Zoom one last time competition, to have won the the virtual submission openings um, that Sonali won, and then to also win nationals all in that Zoom form. I mean, that's just, that'd be pretty cool. So I'm, I'm looking out for Duke. I'm excited to see how they do. But in general, I'm just so excited about nationals. As excited as I was for Orcs, come on, it's nationals. <laughs> it, you know, and, and to add on onto that Duke list, and I agree with everything you said, I watched a little bit of one of their rounds, which was live streaming, and I believe that their um, Genesis Patrio photograph was Sonali um, with Seva <laughs> giving the opening. And I thought that was funny. Um, so, you know, she's she's doing all kinds of things. She's out there, uh, you know, dying of pesticide poisoning <laughs> and also coaching a team to nationals, which is impressive. Um, yeah, I agree with you. We'll, we'll have time to, you know, prognosticate and, and talk about stuff. But oh, yeah. I think Duke is up there. Um, you know, a couple weeks ago, I talked about Berkeley and I certainly am not backing off of that. Uh, and then I will say, you know, I mean, Florida State, like, yeah, I, well. I, I kind of have my eye on them a little bit. Like, they're one of the only non-Blue Bloods to win a national championship in the last 10 years, right? You think about who's mm-hmm. won nationals. You got your UVAs and your Yales and your Harvards and your UCLAs. Um, and then you had, in 2013, you had Florida State. Uh, and, and, you know, that feels like a long time ago and it was several years ago now, but they have a history of being a truly great program and they've got some top notch competitors on that team. 
Uh, so bottom line for me is I think it's wide open. I mean, we only had, we didn't have any unranked teams get to nationals this year. We only yeah. have one team currently ranked in the two hundreds. That's case Western who was better they than that. Not. Anyways. They don't belong. Um, I mean, the second lowest ranked team, I believe at nationals this year is Maryland college park. Who's much better than their current ranking. Mm-hmm. And so this is not like, I don't think there are any fluke teams at nationals this year. I think every team deserves to be there. And I think it's going to be a wild ride. I cannot wait. Like, obviously I'm going to be stressed out of my mind when we're actually competing, (laughs) but like, I'm going to try to enjoy the ride and just enjoy the experience because obviously in person, I wish we could be in person, but man, there's nothing better than, than gearing up for nationals. I'm, I'm stoked. You know, the, the last thing I want to really quickly say is now that we finally have a full slate of these orcs with this new pairing system, I got to say, because we haven't talked about it enough. I like it. I think it really worked. It served its purpose. I think that, I mean, look, we talked about the fact that if the data is wrong, there are flaws in it. But I really don't think through all eight orcs that there's a single team that you can point to and be like, wow, they got totally screwed out of making it. Like, that schedule is just horrendous. Like, sure, there are a couple of teams. We mentioned Amherst that had a tough A and B draw. But then they got easy C and D group matches. Like that's kind of the point of this is that you're not going to have all four rounds be really tough. And to a certain extent, you need to be able to beat a team or take a couple ballots off of teams that are going to make it through. That's what that means if you want to make it to nationals. You can't be, you can't just beat all the bad teams. You got to also be able to hang with the good ones. And I think that this system is doing that, and I think that it really is working well. And I think that just looking at the teams that are going, you can start to see that. Yeah, to wrap us up, I will echo that. I think that's, I think you're absolutely right. I think that the new orc system at this point with, you know, a year and a half of a sample size is a success. I think it will be even better next year once we have Mm -hmm. updated TPR. I still, you know, stand by what I said last weekend about uh, TPR stuff, but I think that the system is well designed to the point where even with the flaws in TPR right now, it still ran pretty close to the way it should. Uh, and we got a very deserving field of 48 fantastic teams. So, Drew, I think that's about it. Uh, we don't yeah. know exactly what our next episode is going to be. We think we're going to have at least one out before Nationals. We've got about three and a half weeks or so until Nationals, which, as I said that out loud, dear God, Ooh. we have so much work to do. Um, but I uh, couldn't be happier to be digging into the new case and get to work. And we will be working very soon to release episodes to talk about Nationals. And then after that, we'll start to jump into trial by combat and just, you know, getting to do all of the things that come with when we get to April on the mock trial (laughs) calendar and how great things are. So, Drew, I'm looking forward to breaking it all down with you. And I think I'm going to wrap us up as long as that works for you. Yeah, let's do it. I'm looking forward to talking about nationals and I'm excited to start to wrap up what has been a crazy but interesting year of mock trial. It certainly has been. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Until next time, this has been The Mock Review with Ben and Drew.